Introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cams. It can be easily installed at your convenience and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Let's get done for eSports! Welcome to Nerf This, the show, the eSports show. Look at that. I can't even do the intro correctly. But the eSports show <laughs> that is now missing uh, Brian, as you can tell. Because I'm Seven. I'll be the host today. And joining me is the actual glue of the show. The only reason why this show gets put on every week is Jules Scott. Thanks, Jules, for joining us. Or me. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Yeah. I mean, we're us. It's, yeah. It is the collective us. But this is my first time sitting in, I guess, Brian's chair. Even though it's my chair, be careful. We don't know what weird. goes on in that chair when the when the video is off. I'm just, oh man, <laughs> just you had to point this out to me. <laughs> Anyways, as you can tell, uh, it's going to be one of those shows. Uh, since I'm hosting, it more than likely will go downhill pretty quickly. Um, but without Brian here to kind of rein me in and say horrible things, which is uh, probably. Um, a bad thing being that we were just at E-League talking about, hey, we're going to do all these new and exciting things with the show. And then Brian goes and travels the world or doing whatever he's doing. He's Where is he? He's in Europe somewhere? You know. He's headed to Europe keeper. somewhere. And I don't even remember where he's going. He's going to be there for like a week. And it's all work stuff. He won't, he, you know. he won't actually know yeah. what to do if you don't tell him what to do. So That's actually <laughs> true. <laughs> Well, you see, this is actually really fun. For the last probably four or five weeks now, Brian has been dropping some little Jules Easter egg into the oh, show, right. yeah. and and towards the end, so that he makes sure I listen, I listen to the whole thing, and say something to him to the effect of "you bastard." So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> he, uh, I get to uh, make sure that he listens to the show this week and next week because I'll be back next week too to do this all over again with you it's gonna be fun i am i'm gonna love this role seven it's gonna be so much fun you're really comfy in this uh here's what i say we do i say we drop them like repeatedly throughout the show so he has to listen listen to the entire thing he can't just jump to the end that's what we need deal deal all right all right you have a deal brian how are you doing having fun on that airplane are you drinking? Hope, hope it's uh, hope you're having lots of fun in your in your red eye whatever it is <laughs> flight you're doing tonight because he literally flew home from Ohio. He just saw you this mm-hmm. past couple of days. He just saw you, lucky devil. Um, yeah, lucky guy. <laughs> um, flew home and then got on another plane to head out to Europe today. So we miss you, Brian. But Seven is going to do you proud. Yeah, I'm going to attempt to. I can't guarantee it. 
Uh, but I do have my coffee. Um, I don't drink when I host the show. I've, I've learned. And there were some shows last December with Kevin Hitt that got a little squirrely. So uh, anyways, uh, let's go ahead and talk about uh, what's on the show today. We do have, as usual, the business side of esports, which we always want to jump into and, and talk. We give our two cents. Doesn't ever really amount to anything else but two cents. We're sorry for that. But uh, after that, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about how some of the companies out there are trying to curb player conduct in esports as well as what's happening in the Overwatch League. That was a, it's been a heck of a week for Overwatch League. And PUBG oh, yeah. and Rome Royale deciding to make some waves in esports, especially on that whole uh, Battle Royale kind of, uh, uh, I guess you could say that genre. Uh, while Epic, well, it's basically drowning in controversy right now when it comes to Fortnite. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into our first, uh, our first one of the day, our news article of the day, uh, which is, Analysts predict that uh, Battle Royale games can make up to $20 billion next year. Now, what, what I love about this one here is that Battle Royale games isn't really defined by anything other than it could be a game with a mode that has Battle Royale, which we were talking about, like Battlefield, I think, is even throwing that in in the future. And it's just one of those giant snowball effect things that, that that is really coming from Fortnite, right? Like just the amount of money yeah. they're printing money every, every month. Uh, PUBG has been pretty handily staying. I think they're, they're, they're probably in their stronger state now than they were maybe even two months ago. They seem to be a lot, a lot better. There's more news on that later. Um, but really like 20 billion around just a mode. I feel like we're getting mobbed by MOBAs again. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Well, this is, I think what has happened, and this is totally my own speculation, but what That's I think good. has That's happened the, the entirety Battle of the show games. is just speculation. Right. There you go. <laughs> the, I think the accessibility of Battle Royale games to the younger crowd is really what's driving this specific mode to have the a massive success that it is. Because I, I played WoW for almost 12 years, and yeah, there were a lot of younger kids that played WoW when when I started playing, but I didn't see it being that mainstream, like, six-year-olds and 10-year-olds playing WoW, right. because it was this, you know, MOBA communication, like, your parents have to come and prove that you have an account, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Now you can play any Battle Royale on a Switch, on an Xbox, on a PlayStation, or your PC, mm-hmm. and the whole the whole accessibility for this mode, because really, that's... The, I, I was that eight-year-old kid in the arcade. I was that six-year-old kid in the arcade going bonkers over um, things that I just love to play. And so that's what you're going to see when it comes to this the the amount of money that's going into Battle Royale. It's coming from the kids. Yeah, I was going to say, this is $20 billion on parents' credit cards, basically, in the next, in the next no year. No shit. 20, wait, that's $20 billion in, in the next year ridiculous but i mean when you loop in things like call of duty which is announced their their blackout mode essentially there's not been a ton of information around it just supposed to be a huge map everybody's supposed to be able to play in there uh, and then battlefield 5 which was announced uh during i believe it was like e3 i think they announced that they were E3. adding in there and so these are probably two of the largest titles uh, repeated titles outside of maybe some of the sports stuff like the maddens or the fifas uh that every year produce hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue so the fact that they're saying 20 billion i don't i mean you're you're padding the numbers heavily with just these two 
Fortnite mm-hmm. alone, PUBG, we know, I think they said Fortnite and PUBG combined made $200 million, basically, in January yeah. alone. I think we've gone back to that number multiple times. Who knows what that number is now? Uh, if you look at some some of the stocks related to, to Fortnite, it wouldn't surprise me if it's like triple that right now. But it's just one of those things where um, this this mode has become easily accessible by everybody, yeah. and it's a quick turnaround. It's repeatable. Fortnite's done an amazing job of just making things, uh, skins and stuff, repeatedly and just in mass, and that they're appealing. And so, it's going to be weird, I think, when Call of Duty and Battlefield add in these modes because, right? You know, EA, Dice—they've run into some issues, especially around like Star Wars, where like this, these microtransaction stuff. And these are games that are going to charge you up front. Fortnite gets away with it a right. bit because they're not charging up front. You won't get Call of Duty Black Ops for free. You won't get Battlefield <laughs> 5 for free. Like, you won't. I mean, look at Overwatch. Still hasn't... I mean, they have free play weekends, which I think is coming up, like, next weekend, but still. This weekend. You pay this for weekend, it, yeah. and people still complain about the loot boxes in it. It's... Yeah. yeah it's just one of those things where $20 billion, Yeah, totally going to happen. But, man, I, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting thing to see once you interesting that's like a brian word i just said like three times it's great um <laughs> hi brian <laughs> there's one um but no it's one of those things where it, I, who knows what the landscape's going to be like and how those games are going to take are they going to make a changes to that genre are they going to just flat out copy it like we've seen a lot of games just do yeah. who knows who knows who knows? I, you know, the the thing about Battle Royale games, which is still amazing to me, is that they are replayable to that level. Because I've watched I've watched a lot of of like Fortnite streamers, PUBG streamers, and it's an interesting thing for me. And I've played both games. And I, I would be like for me, it would be totally interesting for me to try to see how well I could get to get the victory royale or get the chicken dinner. And then after that, like, where is it? Where does it go from there? Like, right. I there's you're not leveling up. <laughs> you just you, you like that was the epitome for me if I would ever have hit that. Right. Um, I still don't understand it. I still don't understand the rep- the the sheer utter replayability for someone like Ninja, who is insanely good at the game, wins more matches than he loses. Like, where's where does he where does he get bored? Where does it get from? Right, right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I love I love the genre way back when, and I've talked about it like during the Daisy mod era when uh, actually it was Brennan Green kind of created some of the the kind of battle royale ish type stuff, especially when it kind of with like the Arma mods as well. And so that whole yeah. time during like Survivor games during the Daisy time, it was just so much fun. And uh, so it doesn't surprise me that it's caught on because it was one of my favorite things. It's always stuck with me. And I remember talking to with Brendan at, at PAX South uh, before PUBG launched. And I was just like, dude, those days were just amazing. He goes, yeah, I was glued mm-hmm. to like that was when like the multi screen streaming had to be like totally hacked in. I remember having like four yeah. screens going with like all these different players and all these different perspectives. And uh yeah, some really cool stuff. I'm, I'm glad to see that the genre has taken off. I kept, I, you know, when the show started, I kept saying, like, keep an eye on this genre. It's amazing. I can't wait to see it. Now we can just find out how to make it, like, enjoyable to watch for most people. We'll get there. But, uh, yes. They're still trying to figure that out. And we'll get into some of the more of that in the show yeah. notes, too. But 
that I think is still going to be the biggest challenge because it's one thing to play it. It's a, it's a totally other side of it to, to spectate it. And I haven't really gotten a great experience from watching a PUBG tournament yet. I haven't right. felt like I really knew what was going on. It's tough. I think if you, you have to really know the map to understand like where players are and so on and so forth. Okay, we'll, we'll get into that. What I do want to do uh, is jump onto this ne- next topic, which is uh, this past week we had a lot of uh, discussion around esports essentially and their role within poss- possible possible role within Olympic sports, I guess you could say. Yeah. And you know a little bit more about this than I do. I, I got bits and pieces of it here and there, mostly from the Hearthstone side, and I'm not allowed to talk about Hearthstone if I'm if I'm running the show because uh, they don't just be an hour of Hearthstone. Uh, but so. <laughs> Uh, we had uh, Rick Fox moderating uh, a a huge forum, essentially, um, and there was actually decent uh, you know, reception from the International Olympic Community. Uh, they're they're forming groups to talk about inclusion in twenty twenty four. Tell me, tell me what went on because I'm in the dark a little bit. I'm just reading your yeah. notes at this point. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what it is is the situation. The International Olympic Committee, and in association with the Global Association of International Sports Federations, so it's the IOC and the GAISF, they got together and they brought in all of these esports um, personalities, players, and also game developer um, people who own these companies that are competing in esports. So people like uh, Mark Ryan from um, Epic Games, Riot Games CEO Niccolo Laurent, um, Mike Morheim from Blizzard. Uh, then they brought in two Overwatch League stars, Jake from the Houston Outlaws mm-hmm. and Gaguri from the Shanghai Dragons. And it was moderated by Rick Fox, who is the owner of, of Echo Fox. They came together to try to help the Olympic Committee understand what esports is, because they don't... <laughs> I mean, that was literally the intention was to have these forums, have mm-hmm. these discussions so that the Olympics could judge whether or not this was something that could be brought into the Olympics in the future. Um, it, the whole thing happened this weekend in Lausanne, Switzerland. And then afterwards, and I just reported on this yesterday for the oh. uh, Daily Show, is that they com- they created an esports liaison group to keep the conversation going. So not that they are going to bring the Olympics to mm-hmm. 2024, but I think that I think that the op- like the the door is is open. And I don't know if you had seen this, but prior to the Olympic Games this winter, there was a um there was a StarCraft tournament that was actually run in conjunction with the IOC. Oh, really? It's Oh yeah, yeah, it was actually run in conjunction with it. And it had the IOC, like it had it on there. It was it was part hmm. of the branding. And uh, I watched some of this tournament because it was actually a really, it was a, a pretty pivotal tournament for Scarlet. Yeah, she was the only player who um, she she beat the she beat the Koreans basically. Yeah, right. <laughs> she just and and so this and it was kind of this groundbreaking situation where the Olympics were directly branded alongside StarCraft esports in general it's funny because i remember that i remember that tournament uh yeah and but i don't remember that the olympics were involved with it which is which would have been smart for me to pay a little bit of attention but i do remember that yeah uh it was like two weeks before the actual olympics started and they mm -hmm. did it they did it 
you know, it was it was right there. Like they had done it right there. And so it was like, but nobody really had just like you. Yeah. It was not really heavily publicized. The news well, didn't like grab it. I, I think had and... Scarlett not done what she had done, I think then maybe it would have been more publicized. But Scarlett's run was the highlight of that. And that was the most newsworthy part. And so that's it was that's why I actually knew um, of the tournament was largely because of that. That's why you paid attention. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so it was pretty cool. I mean, I saw I, I follow Gaguri on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I follow Jake on Twitter, and was watching them post pictures from this event and taking photographs with some of the biggest names in the developers, you know, the the, the uh, games development companies in the world, and. It's just kind of cool to think about yeah. that we could have the possibility of competing something like the Overwatch World Cup being an Olympic sport. Weird. Weird stuff. I mean, So here's one of the things that uh, you have to kind of consider is that with the Olympic Games being you know, either two or four years apart, essentially, uh, how often do games have an esports run of that longevity, right? And how do you peg, you know, that we're going to run league of legends for the, this Olympics in, in 2024. And then in 2028, we're going to be doing it. The games kind of rotate or change. They have historically, they've been, they've burned hot for a while and then kind of disappeared with a few exceptions, right? You know, league of legends is still going strong, been going strong for a long time. Starcraft it hit a wavering point, but it seems to be going back pretty strong as well. Overwatch still right. super new. Anybody else you throw in there, except for maybe CSGO, has had a, again a a bumpy road or has gone through multiple iterations of games like even if you look in the fgc which you can say yes there's been like smash and there's been street fighter has been around forever but those games have multiple iterations and so it's hard when the olympics usually part one of the the draw of the olympics is that you have these world records right that stand for so long but those things don't really matter in in esports so i would love to know some of the uh, some of the inner workings or the talks that are going on around how they bring us to the to the olympics is it purely for show is it purely for the actual competitiveness in terms of like from a longevity standpoint i mean we we were talking about it uh last night and it was we were talking about the asia games coming up next month and they've already this is the first year that they're kicking off with esports and how just crazy and weird that is uh, so it's precedent may kind of sort of be set a little bit with the Asia games to a smaller, obviously degree, but yeah, I'd love to see this. This is like, we live in a weird world now where we do. Kids... You actually bring up an amazing point there yeah. because when you think about Good, the finally, history of, finally, the somebody games... agrees, somebody agrees. <laughs> I didn't even think about this point though. And it was that, you know, you think about the Olympic games and there's this history. So, First of all, the game itself has to be seasonally related. You know, there's the ice sports, there's the outdoor sports, there's the, you know, and their their rules don't really change a whole lot. Like, you know, your 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 100-yard dash is always going to be your 100-yard dash, right? <laughs> and so when you get to a situation where a game now has Let's use Overwatch for an example. Mm-hmm. You, the game has 29, 28 characters now. Um, so four years goes by and suddenly there's like 35 characters or 50 characters. Right. The game is not the same as what it was right. when you started. Yeah, and it, it's 
even the core mechanics can change, right? And so there's a yeah. lot of things that can change about it, and the seasonality isn't even there. But one thing the Olympics has done repeatedly, year over year over year, has been lose viewership. <laughs> so lose ratings. <laughs> Uh, and, and it has. I mean, even to the point where I think NBC was just like, it doesn't make sense for us to spend all this money kind of covering the Winter Olympics. It's just been tanking. Um, it's not been doing well, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so it does vary, I guess, depending what the narrative is, right? But if people, if the USA is doing well, I guess this is saying in North America from a rating standpoint. Um, right. Usually when it's held in a time zone that is hard to for Americans to watch, it doesn't do well in the United States. So when it's, things are held in like Russia – or the United States doesn't even exist when it comes to things like the World Cup. People in the United States don't even really watch the World Cup entirely, unless you're like a, a huge football fan. So, right. Anyways, moving on to the next uh, bit of news. This past week has been uh, entertaining, I guess you could say, uh, more than the past couple past couple weeks when it comes to Overwatch. But uh, these these companies, including Blizzard. Um, you've even got, uh, you know, even in Rainbow Six now, Siege, we've seen that they've tried to, to go against uh, the grain of it, trying to find ways to kind of rein in the toxicity within things like chats, character names, or player names, for instance, uh, and trying to find ways to, to either reward good behavior, which is what Overwatch is trying to do, or squash it automatically with bots and no human involvement whatsoever in the terms of rainbow six siege and they're getting very very different results so rainbow six siege this past week um basically started uh i guess you could say banning auto auto banning people for using certain words uh, but it wasn't really great at narrowing down some of those words and it wasn't very good against certain languages so you had someone who would say negro as in like the color black in, in, in another language and they would get banned and because it just yeah. didn't, it would, it couldn't understand languages. So there was, a, then they started actually just having fun with it and seeing what they could do to just like work the systems. And so it became a little meta game within rainbow six Siege. Just can you avoid getting banned or can you get yourself banned for these random things? And on the flip side though, Overwatch, what they've been doing for the last couple of weeks, which is trying to do this, the looking for group and the endorsement system and rewarding behavior. Kaplan came out and said that the percentage of competitive matches that contain abusive chat is actually down. That's 26% in the Americas, 16% in Korea. And the percentage of players, daily players being abusive is also down 28%, almost 29% in the Americas and just a little over 21.5% in Korea. Now, this is huge for Overwatch. Like that's yeah, totally. That's huge, and we were wondering: is Fake Nice okay? And it sounds Wait. sounds like a win. You guys kind of had that conversation about the whole Fake Nice thing and whether right. or not it was going to be good. And I can tell you from my own experience, going in and getting an endorsement in Overwatch feels like the teacher gave you a gold star <laughs> on your sheet. I like it. Yeah. Right? It does. It feels like you're just, I mean, it, it made me feel so happy because I play, like, I wound up, I play Moira a lot when I, you know, when I, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna say this, I'm a pretty good Moira player. So I go in there, I get pretty aggro, but I also kind of guide, like, I'm, at one point I was telling my teammates that there was a, a, a widow in the upper left corner because she was sniping people down. 
And the tank just ran right up there and just killed her. And so I wound up getting a shot collar endorsement. Oh, look at you. I wound up getting a, yeah. And I was just like, I don't know. It made me feel so I'm happy. I'm in the company of someone famous. And look at this. I know. <laughs> I'm such a Care Bear anyway that I was just like, I was just kind of sitting there going, I feel very happy. I got an endorsement. It's cool. And so, and so I don't give a crap if it's fake nice or not. Like, but if you're like mm-hmm. incentivizing people, by um basically kind of coercing them to do nice things i'm okay with that yeah no i I think that's it's funny because i don't think brian and i touched on the fact like what happens when you get an endorsement like does that feeling translate into wanting to group with other players that that have given you the endorsements and continuing to group on i would love to see those numbers just outside of the abusive numbers the those kind of raw stats like what what, what's the longer tail do uh, more groups continue playing on do people play more matches now because of it uh i i mean do did people i don't i don't know i like there's just so many different things that can come from this that i guess we didn't really totally think about like fake nice okay whatever we kind of assumed it wasn't going to last or that they would try and find something else it sounds like they're sticking with this they may tweak it but it sounds like they're sticking with this because they've made a dent like 25 percent that's like if 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 that many of your games, 25% of your games are not as abusive as what they were before. And even if they were, you know, it was pretty rare for you to get one anyways. Now it's even more rare to get one. Uh, I wouldn't say it would be rare before. But we've also praised certain communities for being really good and inclusive like FGC. Um, mm-hmm. And they can do things that are very inclusive. And when they are, that's like a great showing. You know, when you see even when players like carpooling to events and helping each other out and just – uh, sharing their experiences and trying to help other people. Just that camaraderie is awesome. Now, yeah. now FGC also has, it can bite itself from time to time. We've seen that, especially with the E-League tournament <laughs> that happened somewhat. Everybody getting, getting all riled up because there's a commercial break between matches. Um, but that aside, this is a win. I, I don't see any downside to this except for, well, it's a win for Overwatch. Rainbow Six needs to find a, a way that is maybe not so automated and just annoying it's now it's become more of an annoyance than anything it's the intention is good it's it is um there but trying to target something on a blanket statement is difficult because number one players find a way to work around the system once they know what the system is Mm and you see it all the time you know um putting spaces between every letter instead of just saying the word right um and it doesn't stop with it doesn't stop with intent and so what i like is that overwatch is putting the control in the players hands and allowing them to instead of it being in a negative sense of saying report this player get this guy out of my game he's being toxic or he's feeding or whatever that they're actually saying um by default like peer pressure if you aren't being nice you're not going to get the gold star (laughs) and i seriously i so i mean it's no secret that i'm a huge hgc fan heroes of the storm player i love the game very much and one of the major issues with heroes of the storm hero league and competitive mode is that people are just so 
they're not as bad as Overwatch, I don't think, but they are very toxic to each other. And with the addition of voice chat, it didn't make it a whole lot better, um, mm-hmm. which, surprise, surprise. <laughs> and I was, as soon as, as Overwatch's endorsement system came out, I just said, it is so needed in yeah. other games, and, like Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's and it's needed. it's great that it's working. It's It seems to be working, and it's almost like precedent setting because there hasn't been a great way for any game that i've seen i'm sure somebody knows like a great way of doing it and or it's been done in the past that's helped but on the scale of overwatch or on the scale of an esports game which is highly competitive to have something like this instituted and at work 20 percent, even if it's been 10 percent, that's still 10 percent, right you build upon that yeah. but to come out and say it's already up to almost 30 percent, you're pushing 25 30 percent. that's that's great. And it's one of those things where you may start seeing it pop in on other games. Um, and, and some games have just chosen to like get rid of chat and stuff like that in general yeah. because it's so problematic. And the other tale of this is you know, there's less, uh, you know, less hands being involved in terms of, uh, you know, customer service representatives or people dealing with tickets. Like it helps. That's a huge workload yes. drop for a lot of those people who have to deal with it. So that's definitely, definitely a bonus. So for, from an Overwatch standpoint, again, let's, let's talk a little bit about what happened this past weekend. Uh, we've we've got uh, some it, – it's the playoffs. We had NYXL and the Fusion. We had the Gladiators and the Spitfire. Brian's pretty happy. I'm not so happy. It's kind of been flipped on us, although I can't say I'm like the most uh, you know obsessive NYXL fan, but I do enjoy watching their matches. But yeah. man, they got put through the ringer with the fusion this week. I, I well, you sent us a message. What was it? Friday night? I think it was Friday night. Yeah. And like, because we have a group chat for us in Discord for the three of us, and all seven kept saying is, "What is happening?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it was literally just a moment where we were just like, "Whoa." That was Wednesday night, actually, mm-hmm. that we were looking at this going, and it was the first match, just like NYXL just didn't look good. And I I saw some stuff on Twitter, and I don't know if you saw this, too, but people were really remarking about how there was a month-long break between the Stage 4, mm-hmm. whole system of Stage 4 to getting to the playoffs, and kind of baffled as to why it was such a long break before you actually got into the most competitive time of the season yeah of the year well i mean part of so they could they could fix what patch they were playing on and give them time to sort things out but what's True. what's what was a notable difference here was just uh philadelphia's tactics it's it was obvious that they had practiced quite a bit um even though if you look at saturday's match they actually took Junkertown away from NYXL, which is one of those maps that Philadelphia going into that was two and 10 on that map. And yeah, they were two and 10 on that map. And it was actually one of NYXL's strongest maps and they took it from them. And what happened is, is uh, when it came down to working together as a team, I think NYXL had just been so consistent all year long and they'd been doing so well that just raw skill had worked for them. And you saw in the team fights, um, and the perfect moment uh, was when um, Philly, I know we're like really diving in in deep into it, but when Philly, basically it was the last push that NYXL had on offense on on Junkertown. And Philly was able to essentially jump in with Arissa, yank out Jonak, 
and then uh, pull him within range of getting hooked by Roadhog and just obliterated by Roadhog. And that was NYXL's last gas push. And now from being, they went from a 6v6 to a 5v6 and they just lost it. And this has happened multiple times. You look at Eichenwald map where even the announcer says, okay, cool. They've totally got it. It was literally a 1v5 with the uh, payload, the, the battering man basically right at the door. And Philly was able to stall and come back and win, even though they're not just like, okay, cool, NYXLs, totally got it. Should be able to clear this right one right up and move on. They're, you know, they, they're basically still in contention for this map. And Philly came back and won it. And like, turned around. Next thing That's you know, crazy. 60 seconds pass, and it's 5v1 in Philly's favor. It's like, what just happened? That's why I was like, what am I watching? Even the announcer was yep. like, how did this happen? And so the team fights and the communication that Philly had just really gave uh, a lot of problems to NYXL. NYXL did a lot of things. Uh, they you know, they weren't prepared for a lot of things. You saw Philly kind of run with a three tank, three support comp, like what's going on? Uh, and they were just bulldozing points and pine put up great numbers. This is such a, a, a Hanzo Widowmaker, Widowmaker meta, but on the flip side, Philly had Carpe and Carpe is the equivalent to pine. And in many one V one matches, uh, I mean, throughout the entire weekend or the the playoff matches between the two, Carpe and Pine was just like the constant battle, right? Like the two of them sniping yeah. each other. It was just such a great series. Even though in the end, it technically would end up being like Philly six, NYXL two. They you know they double three won them, but it was still a solid match. I mean, there were definitely some close ones. I think even the first the first day, uh, Dorado was like. Went, went well into overtime and it was just barely in, in Philly's favor. It was just some good stuff, but nobody really saw like Philly making it this far. They were really good. I think like stage three, kind of a little soft in stage four and then bam, destroying NYXL is no small feat. Nobody expected this outcome. And to the level of the, um, you know, the, the the finals are in New York City. They're in Brooklyn. Yeah. And the full expectation was that there was going to be uh, a full on New York. Like it was going to be the New York Blitz, whatever it is, whoever it was going to come out, the Valiant or the Spitfire. But it was going to be an NYXL in there. And I just uh, before the show, I, I recorded for uh, Esports Daily beforehand uh, Philly is actually trying now to pack the stadium because they didn't expect that they would be there. <laughs> so they're busing people. They they actually chartered a bus that they're giving free rides to Philly fans nice. to get to the Barclays Center for both Friday and Saturday. Now, well, tickets are the other problem, though. That's one of the things we want to talk they about. They are a problem. Tickets have skyrocketed. <laughs> I think they're up as much as like 300% from the original price. Mostly, uh, I'm sure they're they're being sold now by New York natives, assuming they were going to have their team there. Now they're not. Uh, but, uh, on the flip side though, we want to talk a little bit about Spitfire. I think originally everybody saw Spitfire as maybe the number two, number three team, uh, going into just this inaugural season. Right. And so to see them here in the end, isn't a surprise if you just looked at like the beginning of the year and the, the hype and now that they're here, however, they yeah. definitely did not have an easy road to it. And in a lot of ways, surprised them. I, I think surprised themselves that they're, that they're they're there. So, but it's going to be good. 
it's going to be really good. I mean, like Philly, the fact that they, they bumped out NYXL, Spitfire is still very, very strong. It's and there's just something about the Philly team who couldn't even field a team in preseason. Now they're here in the finals. Uh, and they've just got like a, a, you know, a hodgepodge group. It's not like a, a all Korean team. They just, they yep. work, work really well and they worked on their communication and it showed in the NYXL match. So, all right. So who's your pick? Who's going to win it all? I, I, I mean, I am going Philly. I, I don't see, I, I think even with the, the time between what has happened in their matches with the NYXL, I don't think Spitfire can adapt as much. I think Spitfire even had problems with NYXL. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely hot right now, but I don't think NBRA is as hot as like EQO and Carpe right now. That duo is just tearing through people. Um, and so even if you have one really, really strong DPS, like your, your pine or somebody who's, you know, amazing sniper, maybe, maybe a great Hanzo, they're still better. EQO is like, Mm -hmm. that was one of the things with, uh, that was being talked about with with Philly is that they have the ability to adapt to like everything because EQ's character pool is just so huge. So you throw yeah. a comp at them like, okay, Widowmaker is really good against that. I'm going to f- flip to that, <laughs> or like Carpe's on there essentially. But or if you need a Pharah, he he can play Pharah. If you need a Rodog, he's on that. I mean, there's just there's so much depth to him um, mm-hmm. that it, it's hard. He, they're just able to counter, and that's what happens. Like their defense is so good. I wouldn't say their offense has been the most amazing, but their defense has just stomped people. Yeah. <laughs> one, they came out turning of nowhere. Turning a 1v5. They really did. Like, I don't know how they do it. But with <laughs> that, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, PUBG and Realm Royale and, uh, you know, all that fancy stuff they're doing in esports nowadays. All right, and we're back. And I think I, I think I recovered my voice a little bit there. Thank goodness for the cough switch. I was like, oh, I need it. This is like, I, I got to get warmed up for casting, right? Like, I, I got to get that, uh, you know, being able to talk for like three hours straight while I'm talking about Hearthstone stuff. <laughs> the golden pipes, they need just, they need to be warm. They need to be flexible. That's right. This could get really dirty really fast. So I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute here. But I don't know if I uh, want to go yeah. any further. <laughs> you, see, usually Brian does all the talking. I just jump in with one-liners. Now I got to talk more. Like, uh, anyways. Uh, so this week, so we, we, we've had uh, PUBG Corp has come out and talked about a huge initiative that they want to lay down now, which is uh, they reveal that uh, they want to have not only just this the PUBG Invitational uh, like, that they're putting together, but they want to, starting in 2019, they want to introduce an actual pro league in Europe, North America, Korea, and China initially with the potential to expand in 2020, which makes sense. I don't know where they would expand to at that point in time, but, you know, whatever. They were at least saying next year. <laughs> um, but they also want to do things like the revenue sharing system where they have uh, team-based in-game items. They're sold for, for profits. or in the Well, sold for profit, obviously, but the profits are split with the teams. Mm-hmm. They're not uh, narrowing it down to male or female can be on teams. But what I like is that they're not really franchising the teams they're allowing teams to kind of come in and they want to do this uh, i get the the system where you can be relegated and so on and so forth so they're keeping it to those individual teams and not just kind of in-house creating them all and trying to rule it all which is a good because a lot of those teams have already been invested in the scene and they don't want to ditch them yeah. which is really really great and i think with the struggles that PUBG has had 
especially from a viewing standpoint, it makes sense to be like, hey, you're going to have, will you give us 20 million to have a PUBG team when there's not a lot out there? So, but it's great that they're, they're, they're trying to piece this together, make something solid. I, I, I'm in, I, I like PUBG, even though it's kind of hard to watch, but they're still, they're wanting to make some changes there too, as well. Yeah. PUBG right now is difficult to watch. I've watched a few of their bigger tournaments that they've put together. And what makes me, it, <laughs> Okay, so it makes me think of like the old Hollywood squares when they put them on the land stage in those big boxes that are <laughs> yeah. stacked on top of each right. other. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'll, I'll take uh, Cloud Nine for the block. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I mean they could totally play Hollywood squares with that. Um, but it seems like there's not a really strong feeling for anybody to latch on to a region, like a team and a region that they love, right? At, at this given nature. And I think that we have really found in esports now that if you want to find your favorite team, it's going to come. It, regionality is a huge thing. And of course, the big yeah. games are going to be things that you want to do. You know, like, you know, hey, I always vote for Navi. So I'm going to, I want Navi to, to win this thing. Mm -hmm. But it's just, there's just so much. It, it's not organized, it's not sorted. And like, who wants to try to cheer on a tournament where you're just like, okay, so it's just a one-off and there's really nothing ex to stake except my favorite team might win 20 grand. Right. Okay. So yeah. I love this. I'm going to pick on something specific in okay. here that kind of irks me, which is their designation that male and female players aren't going to be split into different leagues. Like, uh, duh. Like, there shouldn't have been anything yeah. like that anyway. No, and and I agree. Uh, it's good that they come out and, and say it so that there's somebody doesn't try and... This feels like it's, it's kind of throwing it out there early, either in response to something, uh, which might have been the stuff with, like, Rainbow Six, uh, yeah. with having a female player. It could be in response to... There's been a lot of talk about having, a like, a, 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 a women or female-run CSGO league, and... Even they've even had teams in the past of trying to compete, and they they just I think they want to throw it out there. I don't think it's necessarily they feel like they have to say it, but they want to just kind of get ahead of the curve, I guess. So someone doesn't yeah, try and no, do something different. I, I Maybe. feel you. I mean, I don't know. You know, full disclosure: one of my side projects is to help build a esports team that has both men and women on it, and I'm doing it right now in Heroes of the Storm yeah. and to get into that pro scene. So, you know, I have feelings on this matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> and but the I think that it's important to designate that there shouldn't be any gender lines when yeah. it comes to competition. Like literally it is open to all genders. Like it's it's never it's just like I want that to be assumed. <laughs> right. I don't want it to be like well, we, the, we have to clarify this in our statement. And, well, mm. sadly, sadly, uh, when you put it out there and it's assumed, most people assume it's not right. Like, unfortunately, that's true. It, like, this, the assumption is is that um, it, it's not inclusive. I mean, that's just that's just gaming uh, and the sad state of gaming in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. But it, it, it's changing. It's good. I, I just assumed it was. It can be either or. Like, it doesn't matter. It was but, kind of known, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> like, it was, uh, yeah. One of the things that they are doing, um, and when they announced this, I was like, okay, they've got to fix some of the viewership issues, right? Like, that's a huge, huge portion because you've got so many teams. Um, there's some stuff that Keemstar had been doing with the Realm Royale. We'll get that in a minute. But uh, in, in terms of having the map at least showing where the teams are 
and what's like uh, going on at the, in like a picture in picture kind of mode at the same time. And that's very, very helpful because some of the best commentary that uh, was really happening earlier on, like the IEM stuff, uh, the initial PUBG tournament was just, was them showing the map and you would just see like circles with lines pointing at each other, like shooting you and they're like telling you what's going on. Cause you could at least have an idea visually where they were, especially when you're in that stage where there's still 80 people alive, right? You can't follow the action very well. Now the cool part that what they're trying to get around is by having the teams essentially broadcast their own view. So there's basically, it sounds like an observer for each team essentially. And so what happens is, you can kind of tune in to that version or that picture um, uh, of them doing it. And my, there's a technical thing that I kind of have some questions around, like how, I mean, that's a lot of the observers that you right. need to have. So you stepped up the amount of observers that you need to have there. Also you're unless that is something, a something that they're building in with Twitch, you're going to fracture your audience. Right. So you're going to have multiple people. Um, maybe I want to watch the Cloud9 stream. I want to watch a TSM stream. I want to watch Phase, whatever it may be. And so that, that kind of hurts your numbers. Now, people have been really afraid to do that in the past. If they have one mainstream that kind of toggles between them as people are casting. But also, if you're just watching Cloud9's stream, there's not a caster for that. Right. Yeah. So. Are you listening to comms? That can get you into some dangerous territory because I'm sure not everybody realizes that uh, or wants to know exactly what's coming out of the mouth of some of the players when they get salty. But like, or is that something that is just kind of known? I mean, do you run into sniping issues really with that? You actually couldn't because they're all playing. But do you run into any kind of issues with that? So they could snipe. I mean, yeah, they put them on a delay, but um you know, we all have multiple monitors these days. Yeah. It's well, it, possible it, it, from a land. It would be OK, but anything else, maybe not so much because. It yeah. Could. You know what I was thinking of as, as you were talking about this is somewhat similar to what the Overwatch <laughs> League's um, pass is like mm-hmm. the and that they would actually monetize something like that, where you pay for a PUBG insider pass and that you could possibly follow the teams that pay money for you to follow them yeah. as they. <laughs> So, <laughs> is that the server camera? So you know? what's missing here is the announcement that they're partnering with Twitch, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but what would be cool is like this is something that is largely already built in with things like Mixer. So who knows? This could be a deal with Mixer because PUBG is actually fairly uh, popular on Mixer. That and Fortnite, yeah. and they actually have uh, like this automated script that whenever you're down to like the last like three or five players. Uh, there's the one stream I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it's like a highlight stream that automatically switches between uh, viewers or players. Anybody who's playing PUBG, if you're in the final five, it automatically switches to you. So you can actually watch this one stream and it changes from streamer to streamer to streamer to streamer as they hit the final five, which is wait. Mixer does that automatically. Automatically, Yeah, it's actually um, uh, it's not AI. It's a machine learning that they were able to do and determine when it when they get in there, they basically like take them to like a highlight reel. It's like a highlight reel thing. I'm saying Dang. I've talked about I've never this. seen this. No, it's super cool. And so you can essentially just watch people in like the most crazy moment in like Fortnite or PUBG when they're done to like the final yeah. five. And it's just, so it's a constant battle and it's really cool. Um, so there's some technology there and I know Mixer is trying to make some moves to get into esports even more. So, uh, there's some things that 
I heard I don't even know if they're public, so I'm not going to talk about it. But <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that'd be cool. That'd be cool if they got into it. It's not actually around PUBG. It's around something else. Okay. Anyways, so seven insider facts. No, yeah, I, I know this dude at IHOP. Uh, we know. <laughs> um, well, you know, we heard a lot of good stuff from IHOP, so that's how this yeah. show usually gets put together anyway. Yeah, but now I don't know if we can meet there because there's all burgers. But uh, all right, so move, moving on. So, the one of the things we had talked about was actually Realm Royale. Um, I guess Paladin's Realm Royale uh, is. Yep run by high res if you haven't noticed this uh this game being out there you're probably not alone um it has popped out there it was originally going to be a mode within paladins that they debuted i think at the high res expo but it had uh, such a good response that they actually splintered off to its own game it hasn't been doing the greatest i think somebody were talking somebody was talking about like, now it's down to like concurrent players anywhere from like 13 to eighteen thousand people at any given time so it's pretty low um, it's still in beta, which with high res doesn't mean much. Actually, it's an alpha, so it still doesn't mean much. But what it does mean is that they're throwing money at it and making it eSport. That's typical high res fashion. So in the past, well, this past week, they ran a tournament. And I think they're actually having um, Keemstar run tournaments on Thursdays. They're worth like $100,000. But it turned out to kind of be a bit of a shit show. Um, <laughs> and... So while it's great that they're trying to get this out there, they did an invitational, and the invitational went sideways. And this is a story I was trying to t- tell you the other night. Yeah. Uh, it went sideways because the way that they organize the tournament uh, and the tools that they have to essentially organize the tournament aren't completely fleshed out. So what happens is is they had all of the streamers and the people they invited in Discord. And one of the admins hopped in and said, okay, everybody, here's the server basically you need to hop onto here's the password go ahead and do it not realizing that hey multiple people in that discord are streaming and streaming the audio from discord so it got out as where it was so then there was like a long delay as they had to like re <laughs> reorganize everything and then people kept hopping in because they were basically following we don't know how it was happening but there's there's a someone who specifically follows uh fours in around quite a bit uh, and this player, uh, which was uh, basically Sammy 1G or same 1G, uh, was following him around. And he would always, <laughs> on like all like six of eight games, was basically stream sniping Forzen, which made oh him really, gosh. really, really mad. Like there were at least four instances of them both landing at the exact same time, trying to grab a weapon and, and shoot each other. Forzen won a pretty decent amount of time. But when he doesn't win, like, that just sucks. There's 100 grand on the line. Forzen's trying to win his money. But the crazy part is they couldn't kick the guy out of the tournament because their ability to kick people from the lobby doesn't go into effect until next patch. Oh, no. So they couldn't get rid of the person. And so what was happening is, is this, this person was, was playing and was killing people within the tournament, and they would be on screen, and the announcers would just act like they weren't there. So, and at one point in time, he ended up making it to, I think first place in a tournament in, in a round. Uh, Cause it came down to like him and like two other people. Uh, and the two other people were actually on a team. So what happened is, is I think there's one, like a fourth person. So that person died and they'd be like, cool, we just won, but there was no ending graphic. They just cut away because he was still the only one who was alive. And so when they showed the results, it was like, players two th- two and above uh 
or two and below, and they didn't show who actually ranked number one in that because it was him. I think oh, they retroact- no. retroactively thrown him back in there, but just goes to show you, like, it's not ready. You're throwing a hundred grand at something like this. Yeah. Like, that's a, a lot of, I don't know. It's just, it's too soon. If you can't kick somebody from a lobby, if you can't organize a tournament around it, you're throwing a hundred thousand. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's it's hard to explain. It came out of nowhere too. Like this whole so yeah. we were I don't know if you watched some of the earlier ones, but our um one of our our listeners D Bresson yeah. uh on Thursday was telling us about some of the stuff that was going on and so I took a peek in there to see what was happening and I I could see like it was like Ninja and Shroud and and all these guys who were playing Realm Royale, which was insane and competing for this tournament. And it was just this, like, I I read about it as we were doing notes for the show, and it was, like, a lot of work had to go into getting all of these people locked in for this one right. tournament. Yeah. A lot of work had to go into it, but the public didn't even find out until, like, two, three days before it actually right. happened. Like, where's... Where's the hype, number one? It felt really, th- like, obviously it was super thrown together, but <laughs> yeah. you're, but then we're talking about Keemstar also doing these tournaments, which is also, like, the same freaking format that he does for Fortnite Fridays, and it just feels like Hi-Rez just went, oh, they are making a ton of money, and there's a ton of people watching, and this is such a huge deal, we right. gotta get in on this train, right? That is uh, that is kind of the high-res model, right? Somebody else is, is it doing really? it, let's just dive in and start doing it as well. I was really excited about the way that they were doing uh, Realm Royale to begin with. I, I thought there was it was kind of cool to have these like different type of types of characters that you could be, because you can be multiple uh uh, kind of archetypes. archetypes of characters and you run in duos and it's a first person shooter. So it's kind of cool. Um, it would be like, the like if you can imagine like overwatch being able to play like a support or a tank or a DPS, you can do that. Um, but you would just choose like a generic type model, but it, it and it's in a Fortnite format, I guess say or battle Royale format. Oh my God. Fortnite format. Oh geez. Let's not go there. He is um, converted. <laughs> anyways, it's just one of those things where like, it's, uh, it's too soon for the game. The game already feels like it's not ready there. Like this is a game you're talking about being in an alpha. A lot of players uh, who have stuck with it have said it's gotten a, a lot better. It's uh, it's considerably more stable. Um, I'm not saying it's the best, but it's more stable. They're not dropping patches as often that are breaking things. But it's still one of those games uh, where where I guess you could say PUBG super realistic going for the realistic angle Fortnite kind of going for that cartoony but very highly stylized and then there's paladins or sorry there's uh, realm royale which looks like it's still a game demo or like a tech demo because there's there's so much space in between things and just kind of blocked yeah. off it's like it's not visually appealing in any way i like one of the things um even if you look at the, the general paladins maps they're not very uh, they're not like amazing, uh, like mm-hmm. graphically, right? Um, it looks like the same sort of graphics you get, like base Unity stuff, or maybe you're you're getting it on like an iPad. It would run on an iPad. I always joke that it was uh, what was it like a, the knockoff Chinese Overwatch, basically. Like like they just sourced it out to somebody random. They just whatever made it. But uh, now, 
to be clear, I like high res. I, I like people at high res. I like what they attempt to do, but sometimes they get a little squirrely with it. They get a little crazy. Um, and this is one of those times where it's like, you're jumping way ahead. And what's happened yeah. though is they, they tend to also, they jump into it and if they can't get it, they ditch the game. So it's worrisome mm-hmm. when they're having this big of an issue trying to, to launch it. And it's like, is it going to get scrapped? Is it going to continue? Or are you just going to well, it, taint it and ruin it from the start because it you're not got doing it four right? million downloads, four million downloads on Steam so far, which is not a bad number. No, it's for, it's a and free game. They, it is free. So. It is free to play. And then they also just announced that it's coming to consoles, they're, that they're going out and getting the beta for consoles right now. So the investment's there. But why do you try to make an esports out of a game that an esport out of a game who's an alpha mode? Like what same who yeah. made that choice? Same thing happened with Paladins. Now Paladins really? is yeah, same thing happened with Paladins. They jumped into it really early. People were like, This is an alpha game. Like, really? You're holding like legit tournaments around it? And so now, I mean, Paladins is uh, working out well for them, obviously. Uh, it's seen as largely supported, though, by high-res, right? I mean, they've they've established, like, essentially, like, multiple types of leagues. You've got, like, your open league. You have this uh, kind of a, a regular team franchise league where you've got people like Splice in it and I think TSM and just the usual names like Dignitas, I think, has a team. Um, and so... You have like those basically Wessa. Wessa has a team, <laughs> um, and so it's uh, that group. And then you have like the Open Cup and everybody else who can jump into. It. But it's done. It's all mo- largely supported by them and uh, mm-hmm. and this kind of franchising model that they want to do. Smite, however, has been around forever, but it's always been really large prize pools put up by high res. I mean, I I don't know. I, it's it's not a bad thing, I guess. So there's still more money in esports, more opportunities for people to play in esports. But it's, I feel like a lot of their games, outside of Smite, but a lot of their games have struggled because they try and do too much with them too soon before they're ready. But anyways, enough on that. Let's go ahead and throw it to break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, Epic and Fortnite and the shenanigans that happened there this past week. All right, and we are back. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy that break? Did I? I, I didn't. It's really like when we record it. It's just we take a couple seconds, we make a break. We hope that maybe you get a commercial, and then we come right back. That's how. That's <laughs> how the sauce is made, or whatever the I don't know sushi, whatever you want to call it. Food sausage sausage sauce. There you go, sausage. I meant sausage. That's why Jules, you should have put this in the show notes. Like Seven's horrible transitions. Here's like just a running list of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's how the sushi is made from now on right. on this show. That's it. See? Look, this is how we start a trend uh, for all four people that care. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, let's just jump into what is the uh, Epic's Games sort of fiasco, esports fiasco. We we talked about Tyrez and them kind of starting things too soon. And then here is Epic throwing a lot of money and doing maybe the same thing and trying to figure things out with the uh, summer skirmishes and just and how to basically screw over a community that wants to actually throw tournaments for them. So this past (laughs) week, uh, we had Keemstar was, uh, this is last week, uh, Keemstar was looking to run, again, once again, the Friday Fortnite tournaments. Uh, and they had been going on for about, I think, what, like six weeks now? 
Um, six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. Been, through, yeah. They've established themselves by this point. Yeah. It was at least two, at least two months, uh, two and a half months worth of Friday night, uh, uh, you know, Friday fortnight events. It had been kind of a community staple. They've been putting up, I think it was about what, 20, it was like $20,000 a week is what you could win. Well, Epic had decided to come in and just stomp on everything and it got into a big fight with Keemstar. And essentially what happened is, is, uh, the skirmish event that uh, their their first summer skirmish event, which was basically cut short because their servers were were lagging like crazy, uh, mm-hmm. and it was incredibly boring. So the lag was so bad that most players, the most effective way of surviving was just to sit in a house and hide. <laughs> and so it became really boring to even watch all these people stand sitting in houses, only moving when the circle came towards them. And anytime they tried to fight with people, it was just a literal shit show. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they decided to cancel it and move the skirmish again. And what they did was they stepped on Friday Fortnite's event. And on top of stepping on it, they invited a lot of the people who are normally invited to Friday Fortnite's. And that is not cool. Right, Jules? No. No. I, I, so this actually stunned me. When it, yeah. it happened, and it made me kind of sit there and scratch my head a little bit. Because first we get the announcement that Epic Games is going to put in this $100 million and having all these competitions. Right. But Keemstar had built this pretty well-followed, like highly, highly-followed tournament. It was inviting the big names to come. Lots and lots of people were watching. And it really just feels like Epic Games comes in and goes... You're stealing our thunder and you're yeah. stealing our revenue. Yeah. So we're going to say bye bye and we're going to take all the people that would come to your tournament and invite them to our tournament. And who it it's literally like the the socialite who is like the biggest socialite in the neighborhood is in there doing all her thing and she's got a great party. And then suddenly the president moves in and says, "Oh no 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 no! I need to make sure that that I'm the biggest socialite in the neighborhood. And who are they going to go and revere? The president. <laughs> Ep- well, not our president, but Epic Games. <laughs> oh, sorry, I went political. Uh, <laughs> it happens. It happens. Somebody's got. In it. this scenario, Epic Games is the president, and. You know, they're going to go, oh, well, these guys are putting up more money and they're doing more stuff and it's an official tournament. I'm going to go play for them because if I say no, they may not invite me to another one. So, like, what else would you do? So that just makes me sad. It makes me sad that you, you have somebody in your community that builds something up like this and then all of a sudden you're just going to say, ah, screw you. We're going to do it our own way. On top of that, they're not only saying screw you, uh, they're also locking down the prize pool that people can use now, a third-party prize pool, to $10,000. They're capping it at $10,000 apiece. This is what I don't get. So you can – they're basically saying that someone like Keemstar, although he's the exception now, although it doesn't sound like they're going to do much with Friday Fortnite. Who knows? Uh, No, he canceled it. It's gone. Yeah, I know he canceled it. They said maybe it could move to another day. Um, But also – Sorry, UMG Events, which was backing that tournament, also backed out as well. And so they've basically, they've pretty much lost it. You can call it a loss, even though they came out and said, well, he can do his own thing. No, he's done. I think you've you screwed him over. You've taken his people. You basically, yeah, ruined his tournament. You said, screw you to the community. And then you said, now community can only have $10,000 prize pools. Now, if you're throwing $100 million at esports 
if there was a $10,000 tournament every single week of the year, you still haven't put, that's like half a million dollars. Mm -hmm. So third parties are basically of that hundred million. If you do the math, 99.5 million is in Epic's hands. Yeah. That's, if, if there was one a week, I mean, in all honesty, Who's going to? Th- there's not going to be more than one week if you're throwing ten thousand dollars at it. I no. don't get it. Like this is so. When I was talking about earlier in the show, this is like they're basically drowning. They're doing a lot. This is this is the they're doing a lot of things wrong, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. is they're they're showing the fact that they are a they're new to this esports thing, especially when it comes to Fortnite, uh, and they're not handling the community well. They're not handling tournament organizers well. They're trying to keep it really close to their chest because they want to keep it on brand or whatever it is their plan is. But I've seen a lot of other companies who have done this, um, notably like Guild Wars 2. It, granted, it's not eSport. They attempted, but just whatever. But they did a lot of it, and they, you kill communities this way. Now, yeah. Fortnite is large enough that it will withstand it. I'm not saying the Fortnite community is going to collapse because Epic won't give them more money for eSports. But I'm saying like... It went from maybe Epic being, okay, we may be, as a player, we may be annoyed with you because you've got bugs or whatever, but now we're annoyed with you because you're kind of like messing with our scene. And you don't need to be. Let it do its thing and back it, not super control it, and then say you can only have less than 1% of the money. I, I I I don't know. I don't know what their plan is. And I think a lot of people don't. They, I don't think they know, and because they they saw that a community organizer could put a, put together an amazing tournament that people will watch, yeah, and they wanted in on that action. Then you turn it to high res, and they're bringing Keemstar in, even though they're bringing esports to a game that's in alpha. They've got Keemstar who's running that, and people can say what they want about Keemstar. He draws people to a tournament. Mm-hmm. He does, yeah. And so high res, like they did it right. They, they know that this is something that's we're going to partner with the community people who know how to run this tournament to help us instead of stepping on the very people who helped build up your esports scene in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and it's not helping Fortnite and, and Epic that their summer skirmishes have had so many issues like you talked about the lag issues for the first one. And then the second one, yeah. there was all this controversy because the person who won they go out on Reddit, people go on Reddit and say he's cheating. He's using a mouse and keyboard while he's on a PlayStation 4 platform. There's and he's got people he's feeding into the game so that he can get extra kills. And they 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 have to now address that type of thing. They say, right. "No, we checked it. It's not cheating." But that ain't good for your PR either. Well, what's here's the problem with what they the way that they done the skirmish was that people reported their games right that they're, they're the games that they played and they reported their kills and so the controversy around eye drops and playing on a ps4 is that he was playing his games on ps4 while other people you could play it on whatever platform you wanted you just reported like right. hey, in this game i want it this is how many kills i had and you had like i think you had to do like 10 games in a row and that's what you had to basically submit um and so essentially what happened with him is he said this is what i 
these were my numbers. Now, I believe after the first couple of games, he was only like, I think after like the first three or four games, he was at like two kills. But in the last like six games, he did like 120 kills combined. Like he had multiple which 22s, insane. which is super insane. So he ended up topping the charts in terms of like eight wins and like something, eight wins, and like 120 kills or something ridiculous. Um, I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but what they, the, the community came out and said like, this doesn't match up right. Like, Especially when you look at his average kills per game prior to this tournament, we're in the numbers of maybe four. <laughs> like, so that for the fact that he would have multiple 22s uh, seemed a little off. Mm-hmm. So he tried to d- dispel the rumor of him cheating by broadcasting some of his matches, replaying some of his matches on Twitch. And then people started realizing, outside of the accusation of he's using a keyboard and mouse... Uh, they started noticing that like some of the other players that he was going up against, like he would uh, approach them and they would just like run up to him and just not even fire and he would kill them. So they were feeding him kills mm-hmm. and he would kill people. And when you would check their inventory, they would have uh, potions on them. So they would have shields on them. Sorry, not potion, but they would have shields on them, but they mm-hmm. actually uh, in their inventory, but they hadn't used the, the, the item to actually have shields. So they were feeding him items on top of it so it was and and he stopped streaming it i think he cut his channel like all kinds of stuff and and so there's a lot of allegations against him and so epic decides to jump in and epic uh basically said he didn't jump out of games like his accusations were uh the people accused him of jumping out of games if he wasn't basically getting into the uh into the match with all the people who were going to feed him kills he would exit Mm -hmm. out before people uh jumped out of the bus but Epic said, no, he didn't do that. Eyedrop Spotty actually said, yeah, I did it once or twice, but because of some kind of like lag issue or something else. But So he claims he did. Epic said, no, we did research. He didn't. Why? Why? Why, why, why don't these things match up? On top of that, they go and say, it's okay if he used a keyboard and mouse on PS4. We don't want to limit people's... Um, uh, whatever device that they're using for input, basically on, on the platform, it doesn't have to be a, a, a controller. It can be keyboard and mouse. We don't want to limit that. And from a tournament standpoint, and that is what also set people off because now you set precedent and said, well, now everybody, everybody who's a, PS, a PC player is going to play on PS4 because you're at an advantage. It's, mm-hmm. it's well known that a keyboard and mouse is going to beat out someone on a controller in terms of from a latency standpoint, just being like a uh, specificity of being able to like aim all of that. <laughs> like you're just going to yeah. win. And now you said, it's okay for people to do it. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. I That's don't get so it. broken. That's so, so, so broken. Like who is going to want to, who's going to want to endorse the legitimacy of those events at this point? If Epic is, because after those, nobody needs there were a epic, just lot of, you don't care. Like, and nobody cares anymore. It, it That makes me really, really sad. Because, like, honestly, the best Fortnite competitions out there have been one, ones that Ninja has run where he's got a whole bounty on him. Right, right. Those are the most exciting things for Fortnite because it's like, yes, you win money if you win, but you get extra money if you kill one of the best players in Fortnite. Like, that's a huge cool thing yeah. to watch. So it's it's super super crazy and it's quite clear that they don't know what they're doing 
when it comes to esports. They don't have a plan. What we need is a vaguely worded paragraph that makes no sense in a blog post from them. That'll clear it all up. That's their way of doing it. <laughs> it's I, I I don't know how. If you're someone who is in in charge of a company or running this company, any company, you say, hey. Uh, I know you want to go do this thing. You have no plan. Here's a hundred million dollars. Just, you know, wing it. <laughs> like what is going on? And they've instituted things like they don't want tournaments with actual teams on there. They want it to be for the people. And then they say, well, it can only be for the people up to $10,000. And then like, I don't get it. I don't get, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, but the crazy part now is that they've become on a weekly basis. They're reaching what is like what I consider riot status, right? As of uh, pre-franchising in the NALCS, that kind of status where every week it's something ridiculous. They're doing something ridiculous. They're they're screwing something up. Um, and you know, riot has its fair share of stuff, but it used to be every week we were talking about riot doing something stupid, uh, and now it's 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 epic. Just looking like rookies, and they're printing money like. <laughs> steal some people who've been doing it and let them do it right. Um, Sorry. Maybe that's not the best answer, but still get it together. Get it together. You don't have to force esports. Get it together. I just saw a posting on Twitter before we started doing the show that they're looking for contract uh, community managers. You want to get in on that action? No, not now. (laughs) Not now. It's like, Hey, we're looking for volunteer uh, fire firemen. Now that the firehouse is on fire, like, Oh, Hey, a little late. I yeah. volunteer. Wait, v- wait, is that volunteer community? No, no, no. Contract. Contract. Okay. Uh, community managers. Yeah. yeah. Well, either way, still shit's on fire. A little late. Uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we do want to talk about, uh, I don't know, we'd like to throw one little random story out there. This is the one that I'm just glad, <laughs> glad you're here for Jules. Cause it would have made <laughs> like, uh, almost like awkward Tinder conversation that Brian and I had where you, laid down all those awful jokes hi brian uh anyways uh, <laughs> we told you we'd wait yeah, till the end there of the show, brian. uh but anyways so the first adult gaming esports tournament is being sponsored by uporn um <laughs> yes uporn will sponsor the lewd gaming championship it's the first adult themed esports tournament so the crazy part about this outside of the the, the game they're playing well maybe that is the crazy part they're looking to play they're looking to play an actual mobile game, an Android game called TNT. That's an abbreviation for tits and tanks. I'm telling <laughs> I you people, I if you, I if you thought we were going to make it through a segment about you porn and without referencing TNA, well, we, you, we almost got there. <laughs> um, <laughs> It, it's I love the third thing. They're like, oh yeah, it's a fast-paced PvP tank warfare game with exceptional HD graphics. Yeah, man, and jiggle physics. No, um, it's, <laughs> well, the uncensored anime girls. There's your jiggle physics. Oh, you're right. It's there. I don't know anything about the game. Uh, this isn't something Brian was the expert in this field, and so he can't be here to be the pundit for it. I'm, not, I'm just joking. It's not really the case. You, I mean, the bus wheels are crunching right yeah, now. I, That's... I love it. He's not here to defend himself. And he won't even be here next, next week. But there'll be, some, I'll get some crazy tweets. But uh, yeah, you will. Yeah. So, Jules. Yes. Would you like? Would you like to weigh in? Because I've made this a hot mess. 
<laughs> well, it, it so we talked about this yesterday as mm-hmm. we were prepping the show, and and like, there's some serious money coming out from this. This is a twenty five thousand dollar prize pool. That's more than Epic will give. I mean. Th- talk about little bits of money and of course if you want to play and participate seven you can get a a free 12 month you pour premium membership if you win (laughs) i i so i want to know if they really want to spike that audience i want to see the audience numbers if they were to stream it on you porn like how would it mess with people to just be like Oh my god! I'm gonna say something horrible. What if you like people like I'm going to go to the U porn and get my porns on? Uh, I guess that's what people say, but they don't say that. They don't say that. <laughs> people say this every day. And, and you go there, and there you're just hit with with esports events. Like, does that just mess with you? Or if you're if you're a, I'm gonna, screw it. I'm going to say it. If you're a participant. And you're playing this, and it's being streamed on you porn because it's probably not being streamed on Twitch. So who knows where it's being streamed, or is it being streamed on Twitch? No way, no they way. They didn't no say. Way. They didn't say. They won't. Twitch will. Twitch will shoot that down pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine like what? What is more stressful? The fact that you're playing for twenty five thousand dollars, or the fact that like you know that somebody just landed on there and seeing you play a game, they're just hog in hand and you're and you're the first person that they see like does that throw you off as a human being is that more stress than like the money that's on the line does it just make you feel like <laughs> that's that's right well the, the mood killer so you've got the two sides of this right you've got the mood killer because you you know you've intentionally gone to you porn for a certain purpose right yeah and so you're not you're, you would not be seeking out the fact that someone is playing a video game competitively on YouPorn most likely. I mean, maybe that's what you that's what you're into and I I don't discredit you at all. Porn is fine, but <laughs> <laughs> porn is good. But is it really being streamed on YouPorn as the intention to find an audience because you, I, I, like again, we don't, we don't know, but the the funny thing is is like uh what is it? Because they are streaming Pornhub. platforms, so of course they would be something to consider. So Pornhub always makes huge jokes about esports on their Twitter account. True. Like every time, like there's a Fortnite tournament, they'll like be like, "Yeah, viewership dropped by like so much during the Fortnite tournament." Like all these random things, uh, or like how often an Overwatch player was was queried or searched for. <laughs> like all these yep. like search terms and random stuff. So it's, they make a lot of fun uh, about that. And so here's mm-hmm. Uporn kind of jumping into it. And I'm like, this is. This is chaos. This is the world we live in. Um, but anyways, uh, I, yeah, should not have been allowed. You don't know to, where to go with this. Should not you? have been allowed to host this show. Uh, so it's probably the time in which I should end it. Uh, it's been a great two or three year run on the show. I appreciate everybody that's listened. Uh, Jules, thanks for witnessing this train wreck uh, all the way to the end. Uh, <laughs> it was worth every moment. Yeah. And uh, at least, at least... <laughs> At least I can say that you found this and you put this in the show notes. I feel like it was a setup. This is just. (laughs) I told you I was going to troll you at some point. So (laughs) you're welcome. All right. (laughs) So uh, you can catch us uh, our latest episode every, well, we'll say Wednesdays now on uh, iTunes, Overcast Podcast, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, all that fun stuff. Any kind of podcatchers. Uh, You can also check us out on nerfthis.gg. Also, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Try not to repeat anything I just said in our review. We don't want to scare people away. 
Uh, this does help people discover the show when you kind of throw that out there uh, and give us a review. So we really, really appreciate that. And obviously, uh, we're doing the Esports Daily Show. Jules and I are holding down the fort this week, uh, but usually Brian's in there is in the mix as well. It's a, Again, it's a daily dose of Esports news, uh, kind of just the headlines, quick little blurb about it, two, three minutes, like every day. It's awesome. It's perfect for something like your uh, Alexa, your Echo device, all kinds of stuff. So people are loving it. It's actually grown quite well, right? Right, Jules? Mm-hmm. I think it's Jules. It's been awesome. It's just Jules has, like, the voice for it. Like, I remember you guys were like, hey, you want to do one? I'm like, I can't top Jules. Like, that's, like, perfect. <laughs> uh, there's there's training involved in that, though. And I can tell you, I'll tell you another time. Like, I've actually done that kind of semi-professionally for a little bit. Yeah? So nice. don't feel like you, <laughs> like, don't feel like you're behind the eight ball. Because <laughs> I literally used to do it for for work so all right all <laughs> don't right. worry about that i don't feel like so horrible now but like no like you no, just you sound we great. can't have and you so we, Brian. we can't we can't have you on the show anymore you just like raised the bar of the show like too much like that's dark although you purposely drove it into the ground this time with that you porn one anyways so uh, i love it i love it thanks for coming on um anyways uh again you can follow us over there at uh instagram on nerf this gg on twitter at nerf this crew uh, and you can also hit us up at show at nerfthis.gg if you want to, you know, shoot us an email because w- why not? There's probably going to be many, many things that people are upset about this time around. Or you can join us on Discord and tell us to our face. That's at uh, nerfthis.gg slash Discord. That's all of the fun stuff. We're just going to download, throw it at you right at the end because hopefully you didn't wreck that car if you're a, you listen to it on the way to work. I'm sorry. Should I should there should be like a safety like you need to pull over a lane because it's everything's derailing right now. Uh, yeah, that's me ending the show. It's horrible. All right, <laughs> have a good one. Thanks for listening, you guys. <laughs>